0: Welcome to Screen Quest, a podcast where a fellowship of film lovers and armchair movie experts plays film roulette. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, joined by my fellow party members. We have Will Rotondi. Hey, how's it going? And May Finch. Hello, hello. Uh, full disclosure, I have a cat sitting in my lap. You can just make out her tail sticking out there. So if a mic gets unplugged or you hear purring noises, um, well, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Will's Christmas movie pick Die Hard. We'll play a little bit of, uh, of a game at the end that is Christmas related. And of course, we will be drawing a side quest. But first, we wanted to congratulate Michelle Yeoh, the star of I think all of our one of our favorite movies of this year. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once for being named an icon by Time magazine. So congratulations, Michelle. Yo, well-deserved. Uh, I mean, everyone, you know, I think prior to everything everywhere, all at once talked about her acting or her uh, martial arts skills, not so much her acting. And I think in that film in particular, she's proved that she can do both excellently. So well-deserved. Um, besides that one, does anybody have like a favorite film of hers? Um, or like performance on a TV show? Because, uh My nomination would be her as both the uh, benign mentor to uh, I'm blanking on the character name, but is it Michael in Star Trek Discovery and then and then playing the evil Mm -hmm. mirror version? She does an awesome job with both of those, um, you know, iterations of that character. So that's my pick. Uh, How about you, Will? Do you have a favorite Michelle Yeoh performance? Mm. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek Discovery is a great,
1: uh, a great suggestion there uh chris to put out for people that might be looking to get back into the franchise that might have taken a break for a while i know star trek discovery was kind of that when it first came out there was a little bit of pushback on that but i i definitely recommend that series and yeah michelle yo is awesome in it um i i'm gonna have to go with crouching tiger hidden dragon i think that's very Solid it's a beautiful film yeah it's gorgeous um, and definitely recommend for people that. Um, enjoy sort of the martial arts style just the the visuals alone are amazing but just the entire film and the storyline it's I don't know I don't know how how else to describe it except beautiful so I would definitely recommend it
0: my parents who try to be open minded but sometimes run into like Uh, art movies and are a little baffled the way that i got it to click for them because they were having a hard time at first was like think of this like a a tall tale you know but just from Mm -hmm. a different country and Mm -hmm. where like there's like it's slightly grounded but they're like logic is also going to go out the window at certain points and that analogy made it click for them so that, Mm -hmm. that was good how about you, May? You got a favorite Michelle Yeoh role? Outside, you guys,
2: of... you guys picked my top three, so I...
0: <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, you can double been up. taken,
2: but um, I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once, because I think that was like her big comeback, and like you said, it was like her first time in like a fully fleshed out lead role, really. Um, mm-hmm. and that was really cool to see. Ellie is also piping up to say that it was her favorite as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, very solid picks. And again, well-deserved bright horizon uh, for uh, Michelle Yeoh with, uh, I think, the biggest profile project that is getting a lot of buzz right now is uh, the Witcher spinoff. Is it called Blood Origin, I think? Yes. Very excited. Um, Me too. Uh, I'll confess that I bounced off of The Witcher TV show after season two, just being such a fan of the um the video games probably first and foremost and then the the books um something about it just didn't quite click for me so um I'll be excited to see what they do kind of away from Geralt and and the main story and um I think it's a very cool world to play around in so
2: it's any reassurance I think Henry Cavill agrees with you
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> famously not happy with the direction uh also a fan of the video games and the source material and was uh allegedly yeah. frustrated with the direction so um i'm in good company i suppose if it's good enough for mr cavill or not good enough for mr cavill then it's not good enough for me that's what i say <laughs> well all right let's have us a uh side quest shall we and let's see what we get It is an immersive experience. So as a little recap for uh, our listeners, or maybe this is your first episode, if you had to live the rest of your life as a character in a movie you've seen, who would you pick and why?
1: I think if I had to choose uh, a character to be, maybe not necessarily a specific character, but like if I could inhabit a world in a film, I am 90% positive that I would be a Hobbit. And nice. I say that because I would just eat, drink, and smoke all day long. And I would just be, I would find that to be like the most relaxing experience. Just knowing my personality and general disposition, I feel like I would be a hobbit. I would get my ass kicked uh, when <laughs> <laughs> the forces of Mordor decided to descend upon my lovely little hobbit hole. But uh, I think it would be, I think that would be a very relaxing
0: experience. I'd have I to go feel with like... that. Did, didn't i actually pick that for the same category like i think, think you of it? did yeah <laughs> that's that's great that means that we're synergized so yeah. I, i'm not I gonna ask we're... you to come up with another one because i feel like that's that just shows what? that we're this podcast is meant to be as far as the fellowship <laughs> goes so
2: <laughs> i mean i would be gandalf because same thing same lifestyle but cool wizard go. powers so <laughs>
0: that's true and Gandalf oh, you know gets out a little bit more, you know, he gets to see yeah. the wide world where hobbits are traditionally a little more like reclusive and mm-hmm. um, isolation uh, is, you know, Gandalf's all about like hitting the road, which is cool. Mm-hmm.
2: But also is it clearly envious of the hobbits and their lifestyle. I feel like he tries to be an honorary hobbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, I won't spoil um, how or like what, but the Rings of Power show um, I, I, which I have not finished, uh, kind of alludes to like why like some of the wizards might view like hobbits like um, so positively from early on, which is very cool. So that's all I'll Interesting. Say. I, I'm not going to get into specifics, um, but there's a very neat explanation. But um, sorry to digress there, but well, it's OK. I would,
1: and you know what? If we need a secondary option, I can throw ah. one more item out there. Um, OK, and it's going to well, sound really morbid honestly but <laughs> oh god
2: okay <laughs> I, I,
1: I would be like a space marine in the I aliens universe i know i would die and it would probably be horrible but i think that having the camaraderie there's something about watching aliens where i just love it for like i mean just the 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 banter and the camaraderie that those guys have is just i don't know It's what makes the film in my opinion i really enjoy watching these dudes like try to fight it, uh, this force that they're never
0: going to defeat so it's guys and ladies Uh, too which is which is cool because like you know it's a very progressive view of the military where arguably the most badass character in that movie uh besides ripley is also a woman which is vasquez like she is one of my favorites like um but yeah it's it is a interesting look at um i don't know future like military like it is on the one hand very macho like culture but as you said there's a lot of like trust and stuff that they they show that uh is kind of cool and i mean dude their equipment compared to like the the ship or the stuff that we have like um like contemporary is so much cooler the drop ships Mm -hmm. the apc all that the smart gun my god so, like that's ninety like percent that. of the reason why I got into Aliens
1: Fireteam Elite so hard was like <laughs> this is my chance <laughs> to play play all live the in toys. this world. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I love that. Will. <laughs>
1: thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's fun.
0: And I don't a, know why. Again, it's
1: morbid. It's very morbid because the the life expectancy is pretty much non-existent, but still
0: <laughs> just for that one species. Like you get the impression that, that like, this is the first time that they've been on their back foot. Like mm-hmm. the overconfidence that all of them show kind of shows me that like they are used to being the superior force. So your odds are pretty good that uh, you'll land somewhere um, with not xenomorphs and you'd probably be fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's transition to die hard a movie that I thought Mae Finch was calling rad. And then I read her message in our group chat and realized she was saying red because there was something wrong with the particular like, uh, platform she was watching it on. And uh, it was really anyway. funny
2: because it was YouTube, which the YouTube channel color is red. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they just put a red filter over the whole movie. It was Subliminal really
0: marketing. I'll have to see if I can like upload like, uh, the screenshot. I'll I'll shrink it down so it's just your TV in case you don't want your Thanks. Uh, apartment. Yeah please in, in... please don't
2: dox me. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah no, 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 no. Um, but I feel like the audience should see it. everybody looks sunburned <laughs> like really bad. Um but did you think it was uh was rad is, is gonna be the question I hope to answer today. But Will, since this was your pick, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Uh take it away, buddy.
1: Sweet. Yeah, so Die Hard Man, classic Christmas film or not, depending on who you ask, um, was a 1988 film directed by John McTiernan, which starred Bruce Willis. Uh, I'm blanking on names, so please hold. Bruce Willis, <laughs> Alan Rickman, uh, obviously as the as the villain, the late Alan Rickman, uh, Bonnie Bedelia, Reginald vale Johnson, and Paul Gleason, among a few others. And I guess in a nutshell. It's about a New York cop who's flying out to L.A. to see his daughter and his wife. His wife works at the Nakatomi Tower, which is where there's a Christmas party that's going on. He meets up with her. Some terrorists crash the party, take over the building, and mayhem ensues after that. While John McClane's trying to figure out what the terrorists are up to, trying to stop them. Uh, while also subsequently dealing with some questionable motives or moves by the local police department and the FBI. Uh His only real source of backup in the film is Alan. who's played by Reginald L. Johnson, who people from my age group will hopefully remember fondly as Carl Winslow from Family Matters. Uh, But he's the first cop to arrive on the scene and is basically moral support for McLean while he's trying to figure out what's going on. And they're talking over two way radios. Uh, By the end of it, we see McLean save his wife. Almost all the hostages, minus uh, Ellis, who we could talk about if we want to, as one of the sleaziest dudes I feel like in any 80s or 90s film action film, and uh, basically beats the shit out of a logic uh, out of a bunch of crooks that are there. So. With that in mind, let's head on over to First Impressions. And, Bae, since we've already talked about your interesting viewing experience, I'd like to hear what you thought once you finally got it in the right uh, filter and uh, just as with the film overall.
2: Uh, Yeah, shout out to Voodoo for not having really weird color grading uh, because that's where I finished it on. (laughs) And I was surprised. I I thought that, like, I not like the movie because i felt like my impression of it was that it was like very old-fashioned and tropey and then i saw it and i was like wait no i love this this is charming this is great (laughs) (laughs) uh so i'm a fan i'm a die hard fan now um i was talking i was talking uh with my partner earlier kind of confused because i still don't know why it's called die hard Uh, But everything else I loved. Still confused on the title, but I like Die Hard. um, And according to our poll we ran on Twitter yesterday, it is unanimously a Christmas movie. So great pick, Will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nailing it. Yeah. If you like the title, you'll (laughs) love the sequel title: Die Two, Die Hard Two, Die Harder. And then the second (laughs) sequel title is Die Hard with a Vengeance. And then I think it's live for your die hard or maybe a good day to die hard. But the, uh, th- those are the next two in some order.
2: just so, doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: if you're a die, if you're, like you're a diehard fan of something, then like you're a serious fan. But that doesn't make sense in the context of this movie.
1: I have a suspicion. Yeah. It's just the fact that a lot of dudes get killed. And maybe for that time frame, that was enough for the title to work.
0: Or they're just like, or maybe it's, it's hard clean. to kill him, you know, like, like he mm. dies That's hard. That's what I like was thinking. A, I don't know. Yeah. But, but also a, that. The, the, the. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry,
2: know. English major here and I'm showing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a pretty Chris, 80s title. I think we can all agree <laughs> on What
2: was your opinion, Chris?
0: <laughs> um. Well, I mean, this is like, you know, unequivocally one of my favorite uh action movies christmas movies watch it nearly every year um i think this is like just a high watermark for the action genre in general i think taking place in one night in a space that you seem to get really familiar with by the end like maybe i've seen this movie too many times but i feel like i could navigate that building like just from watching this movie like and you kind of figure out like where people are in relation to like, they do cool things with like elevators passing by and things like that, where you get a really good sense of the space. And I think that's a huge plus Um, just a amazing, you know, not really probably not his first movie, but his first big movie, like for both Alan Rickman and um, Bruce Willis, but Alan Rickman in, in particular, like I don't care if his accents kind of shite, like he's, just amazing in it like um, (laughs) and it makes me miss him every time I see this movie frankly because he's so good in it Uh, but Bruce Willis too I think um, does a great job there's some some standout sequences that I think take people by surprise Um, the sort of apology through Powell to his wife in case he doesn't make it I thought is really well done so well acted scene and it, it hits home you know the Uh, i've said her i love i love you uh, a thousand times but i never said i'm sorry i was just you know it's good stuff good stuff um but of course uh we show up first and foremost for the action and it's just top notch in this um well paced all throughout my only gripe lifelong gripe mind you not just watching this most recent time is that i feel like while i understand they why they do the uh sort of resurrection off the stretcher with uh it's uh what's his name carl i think carl yeah um it gives powell that like redemption <laughs> moment uh mm-hmm. it always to me just feels really out of left field i'm not a fan of it though that's just a personal opinion outside of that um i think this is just about as perfect an action movie as you can get so big fan yeah Excellent. i loved
2: I loved the bromance between powell and uh <laughs> <McClane>. <laughs> yes
1: yep which shows back up again for a little bit and die hard too Yes, yeah, which no, is a pretty passable
0: sequel. Would you agree, yeah. Will?
1: Oh, I love Die Hard 2. I know a lot of people aren't. Not everybody is a fan of it, um, but I actually really liked it. And I think it felt very much in keeping with the first one, sort of just in terms of tone and action and ridiculousness. So, yeah.
0: Before we hear Will's impressions, uh, I want to ask, so Die Hard 2 or Die Hard with a Vengeance? Do you have a preference on a sequel? Because... Ooh. While I think Die Hard 2 is maybe arguably the better movie, I always have more fun with Die Hard with a Vengeance because you take that bromance, but you put them in person and it's Samuel L. Jackson. And I feel like their chemistry is phenomenal in that movie. But I agree. Uh, hands down with the the
1: chemistry between those two is excellent. I think that, you know, it's hard for me because on the one hand, there's things I don't like about about the third one. But, you know, it. I don't know. It's hard. I don't want to say too much because i don't want to like spoil anything yeah, uh, yeah may obviously for you watching them for the first time and then also for our viewers you know uh, so without any like plot details i would say i think they're both equally good for different reasons i think that that's pretty much in terms of like the the saga that it has become now that's probably like those three, that trilogy worked really well. And then afterwards, when they've tried to add stuff on, it's sort of gone hit- downhill from there. I think Live Free or Die Hard was actually better than most people remember it. <laughs> Is that but... the fourth? Yeah, that's the fourth one. I okay. think that actually does a decent job of trying to like continue the storyline without being... I mean, it's got some over-the-top stuff, and it's got some stuff that I would would have cut and then, ke- then kept in, but that's pretty much for me the fourth one's where i would say it ends the fifth one just like gets completely bonkers and i'm like no (laughs) i can't (laughs) i can't like suspend disbelief anymore for you but you know what you that's like post franchises man you try to milk it as much as you can and then when you're like okay this is not going to work anymore then you 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 cut your losses
0: so but yeah Hmm. so what do you think of die hard the original well I love Die Hard. <laughs> really? I think I have
1: like an unhealthy, I don't know, it's maybe it's up there with aliens. Maybe if I had to live in a world, I would go live in Die Hard. I don't know. I mean, they had 79 cent gas uh, that I saw at the beginning of the film, which was pretty awesome for that. I'm I in California lost. I know. We were just like, "Damn, it must have been cheap," you know. <laughs> um, but that's all relative, I guess. But the uh, I just I love it for I love it for the fact that it, it it tries to balance being silly and over the top with actually trying to ground their characters. It's not just like an action fest in the sense of like a Schwarzenegger film. You know, you've got you've got a little bit more depth to John McClane. He's vulnerable. He's not, you know, like the superhero that can go around and just beat the crap out of everybody and his hair stays perfect. He's not Tom Cruise for Mission Impossible 2. Basically, he's he can get hurt I mean, the man is, like, walking across glass and bare feet and then, you know, dealing with the pain of that and dealing with getting beat up and scratched and shot, like, nicked a couple of times and... So yeah, I think that uh he's like an actual he's a relatable hero and that he's forced into this extraordinary circumstance and he's just he's literally talking to himself trying to figure out how to get it done. Like he's arguing with himself and that's part of like the humor but also like the humanizing of it where you're like, yeah, like what would you do if you had to deal with this and how would you react? And it's and again, some of it's so over the top, it's laughable, but that's part of the charm I think of Die Hard is that it is it's silly, but and irreverent and it doesn't take itself too seriously in some parts. and then it just tries to go like all in on being like this action heist, you know adventure. and yeah, so over, I think I just think that for what it was and as complicated of an actual like production if you ever read about or watch information like watch um, like there's a Netflix show that talks about the movies that made us and if you go back and you watch some of this stuff about like what it was like to actually make the film it was almost a train wreck but it's one of those situations where it's like all the factors just kind of came together and worked out and you got to product that surprised even the people at the time because bruce willis wasn't really an action star he was like known for comedy and being on like uh a romantic sitcom and so they were like "You're, you're banking on this guy to to sell this action flick so that to me i always thought was impressive that for a movie by today's standards that we would think is just kind of like Maybe in some respects, a run-of-the-mill action flick. It's like, you know, back then, like, this was this was really surprising in a lot of ways. So it's, I mean, kudos to him and kudos to the production for being able to pull that off. And also, I have to shout out to my friend, um, Walter Johnson, for getting me this pretty awesome t-shirt for Die Hard. Let me see if I can pan down and it'll actually work so (laughs) now i have a machine gun ho ho ho. that's great that's iconic yeah but yeah man so definitely and it's like a yearly christmas thing for me to watch this film i love it so
0: did you buy the um the christmas countdown uh thing that i don't know if you saw on the internet it was certainly advertised a lot for me probably because of my you know (laughs) like uh love for this movie and i'm sure like somewhere out in the advertisement uh databases they've got my number, but um it's like Hans Gruber falling off the building and like it's the countdown. Yeah. The advent calendar. Yeah. Every day a little bit closer? That's
1: amazing. I, I
0: need to. That'd be like like a gag gift you put up on like
1: your uh your wish list that somebody will buy for you.
0: <laughs> my favorite thing about that scene. I think they cover it in the movies that made us uh or uh but is uh that shot of him falling um, the reason his face looks so genuinely terrified and surprised is they didn't tell on Rickman that they were going to drop him off the stunt rig. So oh. like, he is actually like really shocked and and kind of scared as he's falling down because, you know, they're like, all right, we'll let you know we'll let you go. And they did it. And then of course, like they just slowed it down. So every time I see that, see that scene now, I, I think about the real shot of him. That's being crazy. like, oh shit, it works. It works really well. Um. Uh, the time and that wasn't a stunt double, like, no, nah. no. I mean, so they didn't drop him off a building, so he is on a soundstage, um,
1: right,
0: hooked up to a rig, like against like a uh, probably at the time blue screen, I would guess. Mm. Um, and he had sort of like a harness with like a bungee, and like it would release, and he actually fell like a, a pretty good distance um for the stunt and then it, i think landed on some padding or maybe like the bungee like caught him but it was yeah. a pretty good height still and uh no it's not stunt stunt oh. well and he uh was not expecting the release at the time that it came and it, it yielded i think one of the best shots in the movie personally
2: new respect for alan rickman <laughs>
0: yeah
1: and also like chalk it up for like another moment where directors don't tell their actors what they're gonna do to like get a real response out of them not as bad as like slapping a priest i guess but you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I don't think it quite <laughs> tops that.
1: Oh, awesome. Well, I guess the first question. It, this is this was mostly just uh, my plan to sit back and have a very uh, easygoing conversation about our Christmas films. But uh, for Die Hard, I'd just like to get some uh, of your feedback regarding. I guess the main two guys, man, we've got like the the protagonist and the antagonist. So I was interested to learn first about what you thought in terms of uh, John McClane as a action hero or just as a as a hero. And um, and then go to to good old Hans Gruber there. But we've talked a little bit already about both. But I'd like to hear a little bit more about your thoughts. So, Chris, I'll I'll pass it back over to you first, man.
0: (laughs) My first thought is that this has maybe some of the best continuity of uh, a tank top in a movie ever like how it, uh, <laughs> starts off pristine and white and then like gets a little dirty and a little dirtier and, a little, and then by the end it's filthy so if we were going to do best continuity for a clothing item um, this would win probably like greatest of all time uh no but john mcclain is fantastic um <clears throat> as you, you kind of already said the vulnerability i think is what makes him work makes it a little easier to root for him Uh, so in other words, like he's not just like John Rambo, who, uh, is alluded to in the movie, um, in complete control, like hiding out, it seems like luck plays a pretty big factor in some of the the scenes. Um, I think his resourcefulness is probably my favorite part, uh, about his character. Just that he seems to be able to kind of work with what he's got and, um, he is way less afraid of heights than i am i'll put it that way i would have been (laughs) toast so many times in this movie from some of the stuff that he does um but yeah i I like his uh you know dynamic with the various characters of course like him and hans together fabulous um but also some of the scenes with uh his wife holly and uh, al powell like all really really good stuff i think it just shows the range and Allegedly, why he got the lead role in 12 Monkeys, I guess, was some of those like standout scenes. Mm. Thought he had the chops to do something a little more serious. So, as far as Alan Rickman goes, uh, he's just delicious, isn't he? I mean, the little <laughs> whips, like, uh, you know, uh, John Philip or John Phelps in London or whatever he says, like, I hear Yasser Arafat buys his there too. Like, you know, um, a little bit of a dated reference probably for, for some viewers, but um, you know, just the. He kind of uh, presents himself as like, "Oh, I don't want to hurt anybody. And then, of course, by the end of the film, you realize that like the the plan is to like kill all the hostages, right? So it's just more about exercising control than anything else. And I think one of the coolest like twists is that he's not, in fact a political terrorist who is trying to do anything like noble in his eyes. Like he is just as Holly calls him a common thief. Uh, an exceptional thief if you ask him but uh which is cool you know it it um to kind of boil it down uh to something so simple sometimes it's like an Occam's razor thing like the simplest explanation is uh the best um and uh yeah i just uh as i said earlier every time i see this movie miss alan rickman terribly because i think he is just like one of the best actors of his generation and could he could do comedy well he can do menacing well and uh, he had just such range and i can see why he um went on to have a bright career after this because i think it's a standout performance from him
2: um i i second everything chris has said um i think with alan rickman he does a very good job of coming off as like the extremely narcissistic criminal that like is definitely smart but like has an air of intelligence above what he actually has (laughs) um and i feel like he he brings a lot of nuance to a role that doesn't like necessarily need it but it's cool that he did that and um i also just love how like terrible the fake accent he puts on is (laughs)
1: Do you say, think the Do you think his American accent is more convincing than his German accent?
2: I think they're both <laughs> terrible, but the American <laughs> one is particularly appalling just because, like, I can, as an American, <laughs> I can tell exactly <laughs> how terrible it is, and I just I love the moment when Don McLean is like, "I'm not a dumbass. I knew it was you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was great like uh chris said they have great chemistry um and yeah i think bruce willis is a good john McClane. i don't want to like sound rude when i say this but i do like that for your action hero and for the lady in distress um both bruce willis and bonnie bedelia are like good looking people but not like supermodel hot right like they're just conventionally looking people and i kind of appreciate that they didn't have to look like supermodels
0: (laughs) agree that's a valid point
2: so yeah great casting in my opinion
0: props to her perm too uh i know it's not (laughs) anymore but for the time i'm sure it was quite impressive uh
2: it's a commitment
0: (laughs) it is a commitment yeah
1: i think uh pretty much the thoughts that i would have had about uh mccain have already been mentioned but yeah for hans man i mean talk about a A villain that stays with you, like somebody that you will, you don't forget about. was very memorable. Um, Alan Rickman just in and of himself is like an amazing actor, was an amazing actor, sadly passed away relatively recently. Um, but, But yeah, I mean, it was, I think it's you, it's hard enough trying to find somebody who can fill the shoes of a good protagonist, but to also have somebody that he goes against where it's not just kind of like a run-of-the-mill bad guy you know there's actually some character to it or some likability to some extent like you like the character as the villain for the sake of the story and so yeah a hundred percent would have to say that they nailed it getting these guys to to fill these roles and then i guess in some respects too, we have to think about like supporting characters and for better or worse like the sleazy characters and the 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 moral compass characters so i'm curious to hear a little bit more about what we think about i don't know alice <laughs> for when he shows up for all of i don't know maybe about 20 minutes of the film and then um of course al powell we've we've touched on a little bit but maybe a little bit more of your thoughts regarding those two we could even throw in the uh was it the deputy the deputy sergeant or the deputy i can't remember his rank but uh basically the guy from breakfast club who shows up and wants to call the shots and then has some pretty decent yeah like one-liners there um like when they need some more fbi guys like there's there's some moments where he's got a i don't know he's got a pretty good line or two in there uh, aside from being
0: kind of an asshole to al for most of it but uh but him and that reporter they always played those roles the guy that was uh yeah that's um, true the the brunt of um uh, like all the the jokes and ghostbusters in the second half you know what i mean mm-hmm. the guy it was the environmental specialist like both of them i feel like were always cast as like the assholes um but it's a great mm-hmm. good effect but yeah anyway um i do want to give a quick shout out um well not really a shout out but like um so we just lost uh Clarence Gilliard who plays Theo the tech specialist like a couple of weeks ago he just passed away um Mm -hmm. he was also sundown in the original Top Gun and had like a pretty long career doing a lot of good stuff so um that was Mm kind of sad to see I know we we have had a lot this year in Memoria but I did want to give a shout out because Theo's great like he is I love how like You know, he is not your typical geek in that like he's like shies away from the violence or anything. Like he's betting on if Mr. Takagi is going to give up the uh, the code or not. And he's completely unbothered by it. And obviously, like he's taking great joy and watching the police get their asses kicked. And uh, I just love that character. And of course, we see Argyle uh, throw a nice little cross (laughs) there uh, after crashing into him, which is uh, just a cool moment. I think this movie is just filled with great like characters so it's not really a wasted like uh, side characters in my opinion which also makes it work really well like they're very memorable most of
2: them yeah like once... a lot of other people have their moment yeah
0: like well I mean um, you're like okay so here's this Argyle this lim- limo driver oh this is just for exposition right so we can learn that John mm-hmm. separate uh, from his wife and this is where it's at blah blah blah, blah. and it's like no like he, he's got a through line like in the movie that goes all the way to the end. And I totally respect that. I think that's cool. And even gets to have a hero moment. Um, And there, there's a lot of characters like that. Uh I do want to talk about Ellis before we get too far off away from the, <laughs> the side scare characters. Hans, Booby, I'm your white knight. That guy <laughs> is such a fucking douchebag. Oh yep. my God.
2: I mean, I he nails a- the sales talk.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um part of my inspiration for the sci-fi novel that'll probably never come out that i've been working on since college is his putting it into my terms and then it's all this violent uh language that is like you know overlaps in the corporate world um so that was kind of the genesis of of an idea that i've been kicking around for a while but uh it does work very well like in that like he sort of understands what the guys want and um i think he's coming from both a selfish place and a good place and that he's trying to like do what he can to help maybe he's you know uh also wanting to save his own ass but um that whole sequence is he's completely unaware of the danger that he's in he's drinking his coke and uh grinning and giving little thumbs up and stuff (laughs) (laughs) or Bruce is alarm to like <laughs> that entire scene in a way that Ellis should be, but isn't.
2: Yeah. He's, he's definitely a, a bit of a snake, but I will say to his credit, he does not let slip that, uh, McLean is, uh, the husband of Holly because yeah. he at least has the awareness that that would be a very bad thing to say. <laughs>
0: And I love John's like, what have you told them? You could tell. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They'll
2: say that little thing to his credit. Otherwise, like it was hard to be sad when he (laughs) got shot.
0: I, I love the little like you know he almost like mumbles it but like all right like whispers it to him when he walks by him he's like you missed a spot because he's got coke all over his yep. nose. <laughs> John says it to and Mr. Takagi's like uh Holly's policeman.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> re- really emphasizes it like like bro you got to be cool. There's a fucking cop in the building like yeah. <laughs> uh, are we supposed to what do you do you think we're supposed to glean that maybe they've um there's like some sort of like casual relationship with holly or is it more he's been pursuing it and she's like nah Cause she kind of seems to rebuff him like um when he's like uh, you know trying to suggest uh christmas plans and things like that
2: i uh, i definitely read that as just too straightforward workplace harassment not a yeah,
0: yeah. thing
2: <laughs> uh <laughs>
0: he seems and- to think there's something there for sure
2: yeah i uh i don't think so and like she's no. she she does like tip it over when she thinks that he's not coming for christmas but she has kept a photo of him in her office all that time and yeah, yeah. does rebuff him so i don't know i trust holly i also do love she, she gets this moment of like standing up for all the prisoners and giving like some very reasonable demands to um han's yeah, get oh, a couch
0: nice. the, to the pregnant lady. Uh, let them use the the facilities. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I like Holly as a character too. Um, she gets a little bit more to do in Die Hard Two as well. Um, which is is nice. Um, very satisfying to see her punch the uh the reporter. Um, who has been (laughs) harassing her kids and threatening to call ins on their, uh which is like the version of ice you know back in the day like uh Mm -hmm. immigration services like on the the maid like that guy's just a total scumbag i'd probably punch somebody if they were if they were trying to get uh some viewership up by having some kids cry on tv and they were my kids i'd probably be very angry
2: especially if they're the reason you got like hostage too because that's the only yeah. reason that uh, Hans found out that uh, she was married to McLean.
0: I will say they take that um, plot point and they do interesting things with it and die hard too. there's a further payoff to that, um, which is great. Uh, I won't say anything. I, I think it's also set around Christmas, right? Well, oh, that's, yeah, that's what that's one worth watching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just for if you're like wanting to keep with the christmas action spirit it's pretty solid but yeah what other side characters i'm trying to think uh <laughs> you've got carl the heavy right um <laughs> so we talk about him eventually oh al powell like let's let's talk about al powell because yeah um on the one hand i love al powell but also like I'm like, in this day and age, uh, if you shot a kid for having a toy gun, like, I feel like you'd probably be fired, like, like, he's well, like, oh, a, you say this. You, but... You have
2: more faith <laughs> in our justice system than I do. Well, that's what I said, it, like, in this day and age,
0: like, maybe yeah. not then, but it's... Yeah, mm,
2: I I um, don't know, Chris.
0: A child I, with a ray gun, I just, I was like, oh boy, like, uh, well, that sucks. Um, it does make him a sympathetic character, but... I always kind of like it does my head in a little bit where I'm like, "Ooh, that would be fucked up. Like, um, you know, mistake to make. And yeah. uh, I think having the child on the way and then sort of, um, you know, the, the setup for that character is a lot of fun where he's sort of had the wind taken out of his sails and now he's put back in this position to like do some good. Um, I love his attitude, too, like Al Powell. Like, no, sir, you couldn't drag me away. <laughs> Great. He's so sincere,
2: yeah. and I love that. I don't know how I feel about his redemption arc, necessarily, yeah. uh, but I do like the kind of kindling bromance, as I mentioned, uh, between him and McLean, and the fact that they both just get, like, very emotionally honest with each other very fast. <laughs> you would right maybe the last there. person you talk to yeah right
0: like... uh he <laughs> also knows all cool. the ingredients in a twinkie which is impressive like
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the fat jokes weren't great but it's 80s
0: yeah i just like that like he could name like rattle off all these like super artificial... Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like jesus um
1: i do have to actually um fact check myself i think i definitely said that Reginald reginaldville johnson was carl weathers in, in family matters and carl weathers is
0: actually an actor so yeah he's, <laughs> i apologize yeah. it was carl winslow <laughs> uh just to, winslow. To, to yeah to fact check my own uh, my brain filtered it, like, into the correct name, so don't feel too bad. Nice. Like, to our listeners who think I yeah. don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I to- I say to our listeners, we said in ep- episode zero that, like, we're going to make mistakes, so. <laughs> I know
2: I have Whoops. made many, at least, so. We should have a mistake counter at the end of the year.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I told you. I was listening to last week's episode, and I was like, yeah, uh, she was... um uh, attended to permit instead of permitted to its end, and i was like <laughs> what oh my god it's the worst
2: I've, I've done that before with sayings
0: yeah uh shout out to carl weathers
1: though for being a badass and predator i don't know i'm just gonna <laughs> shoot one that in somehow <laughs> there you go love that guy and also mandalorian for you star wars uh folks out there too but anyway all right re- re- slightly <laughs> redeemed um, but yeah, uh, I love Al. Um, I love him because of the fact that it's—I don't know—it's it, like they—they're—they're they're both trying to like deal in situations where they both feel trapped, and for a couple of guys that are just working through that at the same time. I mean, he was basically the the voice of reason that McClane needed to hear to get through everything when he was like when he was at his worst. I mean, that scene where. All the glass gets shot out, and John has to run across it. And then you see him just bleeding all over the place in the bathroom, pulling shards out of his feet. I'm like, that, that to me is probably the most cringe. Uh, all right, so if we're gonna talk about cringy in the sense of like I watched something and it just like repulsed me slightly, that to me gets me every time. That and like dude, man, who gets his kneecap shot out is like yeah it's probably like the height of like the the blood fest in this film um for that time frame and so or for the time in which it was made because i know that most i would say and maybe even we can throw predator in on this too is sort of a segue it's like violence in certain films around that that time period depending on how realistic it looked may or may not have like had much of a reaction um uh, but robocop that would was... like a word with you sir Oh my gosh, dude. I don't watch that movie. No, <laughs> oh, the beginning where he gets blown apart. No way. Oh man. I, lo- yeah. I
0: love Robocop is, I think perhaps my favorite eighties action movie like ever because of the political satire. in it, I think is yeah. just, but it is incredibly violent. And uh, the only version that exists now is like the uh, one that was originally given an NC 17 by oh, yeah the ratings board. Um, which actually I think works better because the violence gets to a point of like absurdity where uh, it's like you can't really take it serious. Uh, my favorite line is like a guy is shot probably a hundred times by that big mech and then somebody's mm-hmm. like, will somebody call an ambulance? And it's like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much good it's going to do, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that might that one might take the cake, though, for violence. I mean, this one, don't get me wrong, has like some some uh, crazy moments. And I do think the the glass and the feet, while not particularly like gratuitous, is certainly the one that always like makes me like wince what because I've it? stepped on a shard of glass before and it's the fucking worst. So I can't imagine just shredding the bottom of your feet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I and, stepped on a Lego and that shit hurt. So, like, come on. Yeah. Man. <laughs> and you know what? They commit to it, too. Like, he is limping around the rest of that movie. Uh, so, again, yeah. talking about continuity, like, they they don't make him, like, pull it out of his feet, like, wince a little bit. And then he's just like, all right, like, I'm in, like, perfect fighting condition. Like, he's he's hobbling around the rest of the movie, which, you know, respect to him for that.
2: He's, he's getting worn down. Yeah.
0: I'll be like, even so, like you were talking about heights
1: too. like the scene where he jumps off the side of the building and he has to like kick his way back in and his feet are still bloody and <laughs> smearing blood on the glass while he's kicking. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're so absolutely 100%. The continuity in this film is is stellar for trying to make it all look and feel like like he is still going through that. And very much to your point, like he gets injured and he continues to react that way. Um, I think one of the downsides to future Die Hard movies, at least the last one, is the one that, that I remember talking about is like a side quest thing with you guys where it's like he's become a superhero and he's just I mean, he might get scratched a little bit, but he doesn't get like stuff happens and he just walks it off like it's nothing. And so I think that for me, this first one felt more realistic to like an actual Somebody who is very grounded as a real person that has to deal with this and how would they get through it? And and also, like, by the end of it, man, he's just, like, covered in blood. I don't know how much blood is his and how much is the people that he shot around him, but he's just, like, covered in blood and sweat and just grimy um and Holly i know, was, I know they guessing. did it
2: for the plot but he got into a limo not an ambulance why
1: <laughs> that's true <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs> you need stitches man
0: <laughs> he need uh, medical attention he, Yeah, nah, he's like I, he's like it's christmas eve i got my wife back i need coitus that's what i need that's 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 what he's all about you need man. a shower john is what you need <laughs> probably true also but yeah oh. um uh, they did a mythbusters about that scene where he jump jumps off with the fire hose, and I'm pretty sure it either oh, yeah. like bifurcated the dummy like the um or like it, it like you know like like died from some sort of other trauma, but they had like i forget what they always called their dummy there was a name for it, but like they uh they whole whole episode around that so y- there was some like <laughs> was know. it
2: buster I think it was Buster,
0: I think you're right, I think it is yeah. buster uh-huh. so there's still some suspension of disbelief, but I feel like it never gets to the point of like no way, it's more yeah. like
2: uh,
0: okay, <laughs> like oh, I could buy it, buy it well enough, you know, in the context of it, so um, you don't think he So uh, I was gonna say like getting ripped apart by
1: what was it the the fire hose um I don't know container for lack of a
0: better word, whatever it was wrapped when it fell down, you're saying that Buster got I, I think when he when they <laughs> dropped the dummy from the height, like with the mm-hmm. fire hose and like like oh he got a demonstration yeah. it was like it was dead definitely the person was dead like it, it was um, uh, like you wouldn't survive that maneuver but again that's not why we come to action movies right is to pick it apart but i do think it's fun that they did like a um that spe- segment it might have been like in an action movie like episode or something but I think that's awesome. I'm
1: totally gonna have to look that up now because I'm really fascinated by his like so he just would have like his spine or something, or he just would have like
0: Yeah, I forget exactly. The... It's been like a decade since I've seen it, but yeah.
2: Mm. I'll find the clip and send it to you. Well, <laughs>
0: I was gonna say, I'm looking yeah, I'm Put going it in back. here maybe. <laughs> right there. <laughs> um
1: well, my next question for you guys is um, and I guess a little bit to Maze. Uh, off of May's question from the beginning about the the purpose for the title of this film is, who do you think dies the hardest?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: Or perhaps the most intricately, like of all the deaths, of all the, the ways you could go out in this film, which one do you think was the best? And May, I'll throw it over to you first since uh, since... <laughs> You've already been grappling with this question slightly.
2: Yeah, that's that's hard because I I don't remember all of the like henchmen's names, but mm. I I would have to say just like the first guy to die, just because one like you're in this crazy action film and you die falling downstairs, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: like
2: the most pedestrian way to go, but then. <laughs> But then your, your your body is used for intimidation which is pretty pretty hardcore so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that guy
0: nice how about you chris
1: uh,
0: i mean my fear of heights like uh hans gruber probably takes the cake there because that's like well fear of heights or like fear of dying from like a fall is only surpassed by drowning for me like or like asphyxiation so that's probably it. I'm trying to think if there's any like thing particularly like slasher esque or or like crazy in this. I don't think that it, most of it's gun deaths or like snap necks and stuff like that. Right? For this one yeah,
1: explosions. Yeah. yeah. So I I definitely agree. Hans Gruber, like hands down, that the way to go. And even sort of like the shot afterwards where you see whatever the, like the stunt guy and or the dummy or whatever they used is he's falling. I mean, it looks realistic enough to me, man. I mean, that's so that I definitely think that that was a i guess it was you know i'm trying to think about the like the best way to explain that it's like a death worthy of the villain that you want like you want a really good villain but you also want to see them get taken out in a really effective way and so yeah that that seemed to to work well and the fact that they tied back in just interesting little bits and pieces throughout the film to try and 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 get closure to like holly's watch that hans is holding on to right before he falls like that's a plot point it's a random plot point that ellis points out at the beginning and then it comes back around to be something at the very end so i thought that was really cool um i think for me you know on the one hand i talked about guy who got kneecapped and i think that in terms of like blood spectacle that's probably the the best one for me in in terms of where the dude went out in the film but i also like how the fight scene between carl and mclean and just mclean's little like grunting yelling one-liners about i'm gonna what was it he's like i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna cook you and i'm gonna eat you you know it's just like <laughs> random weird stuff that bruce, only bruce willis can say and it comes off as funny and So, yeah, I think that what having that happen, even though technically Carl didn't die. (laughs) Carl comes back for round two um, and dies harder when he gets shot by Al. Um, And maybe that's it. Maybe it's the fact that he survived for a hot minute, came back, wanted to be like the boss level, you know, villain, and then gets, you know, one shot, one kill by, uh, by. It
2: does seem like the hardest death.
1: He's the hardest one to kill. It's his anger
0: that fuels him over the death of his brother. So <laughs> and also Dude, he's looks just like, like Evan Peters playing Jeffrey Dahmer, by the way, that guy. Like, <laughs> oh, guy. nice.
1: I didn't <laughs> even think about that, but you're right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I gotta give credit to Marianne. She was like, Who's this Evan Peters Dahmer looking motherfucker? <laughs> I was like, that awesome. is definitely what he looks like. Yep. Amazing.
1: Do a side by side. Yes. Please, please do. Well, I think that's all the questions that I've got for you guys. Um, Unless there's any other thoughts you'd like to add, I will say for those listeners who have never seen it before, um, if you want a nice little YouTube treat, you should definitely check out the Die Hard song, courtesy of Guys Night. If you just YouTube that, you will find a nice little rendition, that nice little rock song that goes through all three movies and even tacked on a fourth verse for the uh, Live Free or Die Hard. So thankfully not um a good day to die hard. I think they we all came to the conclusion the series was over at that point. But uh <laughs> but yeah, you should do it. If you're uh if you've been listening to us talk about uh Mission Impossible 2 and our our little joke about Ben Stiller uh riffing uh his little Tom Cruise gag where he pretended to be Tom Cruise and look like him while they were uh with the same get up as Mission Impossible 2, then you may also appreciate Ben Stiller doing a diehard parody uh as well like a diehard trailer parody for diehard 12. so if that is ever something that you wish to look up i highly encourage it but otherwise i will pass it back over to you guys if there's any additional thoughts or questions or just cool things that you saw in the film you want to talk about i think we've covered everything for me personally but
2: i'm just so glad i finally saw this so thank you for picking it well <laughs>
1: You are welcome. Merry Christmas, yippee <laughs> ki <ki-yay>, motherfucker! <laughs>
2: the best gift of all, the experience of watching Die Hard.
1: That's right. Hey, look, as uh, Hans said, it's Christmas, Theo. It's the time of miracles.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, game? <little> game? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, what I'm sorry? No, dude. It's it's all right. It's the it's the nature of podcasting. Uh, what I've done for for you all is I have reached out across the internet and searched long and hard. And by that, I mean like I typed it into Google uh, (laughs) to discover what the highest grossing uh, Christmas films of all time are. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two films and you're going to say which one you think is the higher grossing of the two. And I'll reveal uh, their position on the list to help you kind of do some process of elimination and um, you know, how much money they made at the box office. These are not adjusted for inflation that I could tell. So here we go. Your first pair pairing, excuse me, is going to be how the Grinch stole Christmas. So the Jim Carrey film, (laughs) and we are going to do the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen film.
2: So we say which one we thought was a higher grossing film. Correct. I, I'm i going to go with The Grinch.
0: Okay.
1: I'm going to go with The Santa Claus.
0: May takes the point. It is nice. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Number nice. three on the list of top ten grossing Christmas films with $451 million. Wow. In so nice job, May. And also Jim Carrey. Wow. Yeah, he was he must have been the pole for that. Huh? I
2: think that was yeah, kind of at his big. peak, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And also like the first like live action adaptation or like attempts as the cartoon. So mm-hmm. people were hungry for Grinch. So nice and then we got the cat in the hat with Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I forgot about that. Thanks, Jim Carrey. We also, we also got Horton Hears a Who, which was pretty decent. So. You know, oh, okay. A little calm A, little B. Yeah. All right. <laughs> your next pairing is going to be a pair of sequels Home Alone 2, Lost in New York versus Batman Returns. Oh, damn. Which That's is a Christmas a... movie? It is. You've never seen it? No. Oh, it's fabulous. Oh, it's absolutely watch fabulous. It, yeah.
2: Is that going to be your pick now, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I
0: briefly considered it, but nah, like um got something special planned for that. But
2: I'm gonna say home alone two.
0: I have to agree.
1: I think I think Kevin McAllister definitely drew a lot of fans back.
0: You are both correct. It is indeed Home Alone 2, uh nice. with $392 million in profit. Batman Returns was uh 367 million, and they are numbers six and seven on the list, respectively. Uh the, sorry, the Santa Claus was number eight. So we've eliminated three with How the Grinch stole Christmas, six with Home Alone Two, seven with Batman Returns, and eight with the Santa Claus. So again, just trying to help you guys get some strategy going here. Your your next pair of films is gonna be the original Gremlins Aww. versus the polar express
2: gremlins
1: you know i want to say gremlins because it's it's adorable but i feel like polar express probably i'm just i feel tom hanks i'm feeling tom hanks vibes energy is what drew this so i'm gonna have to go with that
0: point once again goes to may Hey Gremlins noise is the number four highest grossing, grossing excuse me uh, Christmas film of all time at 426 million dollars. Polar Ooh. Express is number 10 at 277 million. That's I think gross. presented with the... oh go ahead, sorry.
2: I was just gonna say um the Polar Express is very uncanny to me, and I hate it. And I've heard from some other people that feel similarly, so that's the only reason I didn't pick it.
0: <laughs> I mean Hey, whatever the reason you pick correct, I would have probably chosen the same as well, thinking like, oh, Tom Hanks. It's a, you know, children's book, but nope. It's creepy. I mean, (laughs) I haven't seen it in a long time. I remember liking it back in the day. But yeah, the Uncanny Valley thing is definitely real with those like motion capture CGI movies. Okay, your penultimate pairing is the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe versus The Grinch. So not the Jim Carrey, The Grinch, but the most recent one. forget who played The Grinch. I probably should have had that information, but the one that was like kind of, I think, CG animated.
2: I'm going to go with Narnia on this one.
0: You're
1: talking Benedict Cumberbatch as The Grinch? Yeah, there you go. That's that's who it was. Oh. I, like, I knew it somebody famous. Does that change your answer, Meg? <laughs> no. <laughs> since you've been nailing these i'm gonna have to just go with the same one i also oh, think that narnia what a had it i know but i think that narnia had like i'm gonna say c.s lewis probably had a little bit more pull as opposed to like a a, a remaking of a classic like if you had said the original like grinch cartoon then i would have been like hands down that's it but if this is c.s lewis and that i I think that had more pull i also think did that come after lord of the rings came out so there was also like the fantasy aspect i can't remember which one came first but i'm i'm just i'm going with narnia
0: i'm going and you're both correct it is the line the witch in the wardrobe (laughs) number five on the list with four hundred four hundred and twenty three million 423 million dollars uh, the Grinch, 280 million, so number nine on the top 10 spot. And that brings us to our final pairing. So far, May, perfect, uh, with four points, Will with two. So um, mm-hmm. it is decided already, but Will, you could still make a good effort here. And May, I kind of want to see you round the table with this. So
2: well, <laughs> I'd, I'd be down to do sudden death
0: uh well will like uh mathematically cannot win but
2: i know so i know you... but i'm willing to do a sudden death
0: oh oh you're willing to put it all on the yes. line like so like like the uh, schoolyard rules like now this is the world champion <laughs> doesn't matter what came before <laughs> this. this is like this is the uh for all the marbles i like it all right so if i need that receiving...
2: adrenaline chris <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love it i love i love the the, the guts so um if you've been keeping track, that means that the top two movies are the only ones that are left. And I did this on purpose. Uh, I want you to tell me. Is the highest grossing Christmas film of all time? Home Alone or Iron Man 3, which is a Christmas movie. It's a Shane Black director. Home Alone. Yeah, hands down, man.
1: If it's not Decisive. Home Alone, I'm going to just I'm going to throw the table over.
0: <laughs> all right. Locked in. Yes, you're both correct. It is Home yes. Alone, nice with I'm 635 shocked. million dollars, uh, over the 458 million dollars Iron Man three pulled in. I okay, thought that was so gutsy, not close, not a Marvel it's movie. Not close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, a couple hundred mil, no way. But, <laughs> but it is Marvel though, and like you know, those those things do uh, bring in dump trucks full of money. So I think I would have gotten that wrong probably. Like I would have gotten it in my own head. And especially impressive, like, given that, like, the list was not adjusted for inflation, like, Home Alone whipped uh, Iron Man 3's ass. Like, that's that's really um, pretty spectacular. So.
2: Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> that's
0: right. And just a great movie. Well, nice job, both of you. Well played. And, May, you did indeed run the table. So, perfect game, which I don't think any of us have had so far. So, super well done there. Yeah, GG's. Congratulations. and that brings us to the end of the podcast and the reveal of my film for the christmas selection i know i said i was going to do away with the chaos and this is going to be a straightforward nomination but i could not pick between the two films so i have a quarter on the game board here and i am going to flip it to decide heads will be christmas vacation Tales will be It's a Wonderful Life, two very different movies. So, are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. All right. Oops. I'm hitting the flip button, which just turns it over. Let me hit roll instead. (laughs) (laughs) It is heads. So, we will be watching Christmas Vacation, National (laughs) Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So, your regret at not having seen it last episode is going to be remedied very soon. So, amazing i'm excited for this well you've seen this before you said but not in a while it's been ages like high school
1: probably so i'm looking forward to going back and watching it again and seeing how if my opinion of it has changed
0: (laughs) i will say it is very stupid uh it is also very 80s um so all the stuff that goes with that it is also written by john hughes so you're gonna see a lot of that like hughes uh influence style like uh embedded there so chicago illinois and all the other stuff um but yes uh just don't go in expecting high art that's my only ask of you like it is a very dumb very dumb 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 movie what about I love
2: high it. art
0: now if you want to have some you know um, enhancements before highly recommend that uh i can't make it uh, any worse um and probably would make it a lot better but um that is up to you viewer listener (laughs) on what you want (laughs) to do uh it does go great with a glass of eggnog and a wally moose mug which i will be doing uh wally moose uh is a character in this universe and there are little eggnog glasses uh in the movie which i was gifted as a present last year so i will post a photo of that for the next episode me enjoying the film um with the wally moose mug but um Till next week, we appreciate you uh, listening, tuning in. I just saw we are officially up to 1,600 views slash listens, which is uh, awesome. If you support the podcast, listen to the podcast, watch the podcast, however you get it. We appreciate that. Um, it's been a great first year for us. Uh, I'd love to get to 2,000, you know. So if you want to uh, share it with a friend here to help push us before the new year, uh, it would much would be much appreciated. But until uh, next week we love you bye. bye bye guys
2: remember when we first met john Our argyle picked him up from the plane and took him down the to nakatomi tower
1: to meet with holly he came to get her back and to be her man but hans and his buddies fucked up the plan and that's about when everything went sour At the Christmas party And the terrorists were overzealous But it was sweet when they killed Ellis